You've got your hands up. I do. And it's not because you're being robbed. No, I'm not. I'm not. Nobody said stick them up. No, you've got your hands up because we're about to create audio gold. As usual, buddy. This is not cowboy times. You ready to do this? Yes. Three, two, one. Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? Absolutely, I am. Although I have to say, if there's no food provided, it should have been an email. (laughs) Hey, listen, we've done a lot of these, and I think you and me and everyone else knows that we put on the dopest staff meetings possible. It's true. It's true. The dancing crew is coming in in a little bit. (laughs) Yes. I I wasn't sure if we could afford them, but we scraped together some money and bam. I don't know why you said scraped. You know we're flushing the accounts, man. No, it's true. It's true. Hey, Adam, you know what this is? What's that? Thanksgiving week. Dude, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. And I will say that I am thankful for you, man, and the friendship we've developed. Yeah, absolutely. I I echo that 100%. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. As a matter of fact, we haven't made concrete plans, and I feel bad about that because it's just, it's days away. But... We're about to get in the car and drive your direction. As you know, because I've told you before, we spend Thanksgiving week in the great town of Austin, Texas. Well, I hope that you'll stop by for a little bit. Of course. Sometime in your in your journey here to be blessed by the Toe family. Would be great. Well, I, I think we'll know better when we arrive into town, but you and I specifically talked about us coming over for a little micro Brooklyn Nine-Nine binge. We have to do that. I feel like it's, we owe it to ourselves and our friendship and our families to do this. Yeah. So so we will we'll get into town and we'll get settled. And then, of course, I'll be reaching out to you and we'll figure out how to pull that off. Yeah, it's going to be great. I feel really good about it. We're going to have lots of good food, snacks, nothing to, you know, no pressure. Just, you know, if, there's, if you want some munchies, I'll be there and we'll have a, gra- a grand old time. Yeah. No, it, 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 like I said, we'll get settled and, and I'll, I'll give you a shout and we'll figure out when we can do that this week. You know what else this is, Tove? No brings us like one step closer to christmas yes yes (laughs) which is your favorite time of the year the most joyous of occasions dude it's joyful and triumphant it is and we love moments of triumph (laughs) absolutely okay well before we get started i actually have some program updates for our for the folks on our team perfect the first thing is, is that uh, just recently, in fact, uh, last week, this week today, met its triumphant return. And I, I realized when we did it how much I love that show. Yeah, me too. Well, it, the, the good news is, for me, you and the audience, is that it's likely back for good. Perfect. I, I think that's, there must be rejoicing in the land. <laughs> that's the only suitable response. But, but I, I want to specifically thank Keith our MVP, of course, for the suggestion to bring it back because he's the one that that gave us that idea. Yeah, and he has no problem reminding everyone that he's the MVP. <laughs> no, but he deserves it, so I don't mind it either. But but we haven't <laughs> we haven't done uh, this week today since April, so it's been a long, long time. And then yeah. we brought it back last week, and then we made the decision that we we really missed it. It was a great part of of our show. This is what we're going to attempt to do. Everything is subject to change, right? But the attempt we're going to make is that we're going to do two of those per month. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be good for the listener. You know, our attempts, even our attempts are cursory. So we'll see how it goes. But I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I do too. 
Uh, secondly is staff meetings will now be monthly. Starting in February, those will be held the first week of each month. I think there's no better way to set off the month than with an order to what's coming up next. Yeah. So we'll kick off each month with a staff meeting. Now, this one, of course, is you know obviously near the end of, end of November. And the one for the end of December, it'll be around the same time. That's going to be our Christmas party. Dude, I can't wait for the Christmas party. Now, I know the interns have given me a little static for already peppering them with some questions for prep and some prep materials, but you know, there's no time like the present, present like Christmas, Christmas <laughs> gifts. I see what you did there and I like it. Yep, I'm good. So that's the end of our program updates. I wanted everybody to be advised. So there you go. Yeah, forewarned. All right. Well, let's begin as we always do and go over our top contributors list. <laughs> Let's do it with our first contributors since the Gravity Beard real world. That's right. So I'm just going to count down from 10 to 1 like we always do. Perfect. In the 10 spot is Casey Jones. In the 9 spot is Phil Rude of Brokebot Mountain and Blazing Caribou Studios. In the 8 spot is Jim Weir. In the 7 spot is Brisky of Turn of Phrases and the Podfix Network. I would like to interject one quick second with Brisky. Please. I asked her, she commented happy anniversary to me and Liz. I asked her for an anniversary pun because that's advanced. And this is what she said. On my wedding day, I was going to serve a sentence of wife without parole. I like to say that each year I'm happily serving the sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Classic brisky. Always coming through with a great pun. And and no topic is untouchable. She's got it all. She comes through. Every single time. (laughs) Wife without parole. (laughs) And she doesn't just fill the order. It's always top notch. Yeah, there's never a watered down or lukewarm, tepid uh, pun. It's always fire. Yeah, she comes strong. In the sixth spot is Leslie. Oh, I love her. And here is our top five. Big five. In the five spot is Chris DeVos of Podcast 42 and the Podfix Network. Nice. In the... Four spot is Elimination Paul, the co-host of the award-winning Varmints podcast from Blazing Caribou Studios, along with Donna Hume. Award-winning. In the three spot is Luke. I love Luke. And I just want to ask you one question, Adam. Are you sitting down? Definitely sitting down. Okay. Because in the number two spot, Adam... Is Keith Gala, our MVP, what? the host of the Pop Up Filmcast in the Podfix Network? Holy, holy Mary. Wow, he got unseated from the number one spot. Huh? Did he, now, I mean, did he take a break? Did he go on vacation? You know, is he slacking off? I mean, I don't think so because we just saw him a few weeks ago down in Austin for Real World. So if he did anything but take any time off. That's true. I mean, he's the MVP. That's that's definitely for sure. That's for sure. And he's he continues to prove it over and over again. So can you guess who holds the number one spot? Man, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. I feel like we've had a lot of good activity recently. Yeah, there, this this person, the guess should be, it should be easy because this is a person that's consistently been in the top three or four spots as long as we can remember. Is it Hannah Oshir? Nope. Who? 
That would be Tiff, our resident chef, nutritionist, and head of all food-related operations at the GBI. Dude, Tiff has been coming through in the clutch recently, so uh, way to go, Tiff. I love her selections of food in the cafeteria. I think she runs a tight ship, and she is unflinchingly rigid in her schedule of delivery, and you've always got a cake if it's your birthday. That's right. So... She has taken over the number one spot. I don't know for how long, but she is currently the number one top contributor in the GBI. You know, and I feel like she's been a consistent member since the beginning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think the best way to describe it is she has proven that the Ivan Drago of interns does indeed indeed bleed. He is human and can be beaten. (laughs) What a great analogy. (laughs) I like that one. The Ivan Drago. (laughs) All right. Well, congratulations, Tiff. Let's move on. Adam, how about birthdays? I love birthdays. And since you provide a music bed, neither of us have to sing it. We don't have to hum happy birthday. (laughs) Right. Ever. And hey, Adam, your birthday is in November. Hey, dude, I, I really appreciate the effort. It is not my birthday this month, though. Wait, what? No, no. Yeah, it was. you're close, but it's not this month. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm, nope. It's, yeah, no, I know there was some confusion about it, but it's not this month. Your birthday's not in November. It's not in November. Nope. It is in the year, though. I mean, that's for sure. It's just, it, it's not this part of the year. Well, I mean, I have to tell you, I usually come into it pretty confident that this is the month, that finally we've reached the month that's your birthday. But this time, I've come in even more confident than I normally do. And yet, it's still not your birthday. You did come in guns and blazing. And I really honestly appreciate the support and love for my birthday. I really do. I think you guys have been really great about it. You know, it's just it's just a matter of hitting the mark, you know? Okay. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep wishing you happy birthday every month. We're eventually going to get this right. I, I feel like that's why you're a good friend. You never want to forget my birthday, and I think that's the mark of a true friendship. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, um, it is the end of November, so we're kind of looking back over the month of birthdays, but let's go ahead and get started. So on November 2nd, Adam, was the birthday of Margaret Janina, your realtor. My realtor. One of my favorite memories is when she knocks on the door and she goes, knock, knock, knock. Hello, realtor. (laughs) (laughs) She is both. Well, first of all, the audience doesn't know this, but she's my Mm mother-in-law. And she is a very sweet woman, incredibly friendly. Mm -hmm. She has the gift of hospitality, which not everyone does. True. And on top of all that, she's a really good realtor. Yeah, she's the rootinest, tootinest, like, realtor in Texas. I mean, she got us... Let's just put it this way. She took us to all these houses. We saw 16 houses in a day and a half. And she put us in touch with a great mortgage guy. And we are we, we looked, made an offer, and bought our house in less than 30 days. So if you need a realtor in the Austin area, let us know. We've got a, we've got a terrific <laughs> one to recommend to you. <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> On the fourth was the birthday of Janelle Mack. She is one of the co-hosts of the Sipping Sisters podcast, along with her Ooh. other two sisters. That's a great show. Very Wonderful. funny. Yeah. On the sixth, we have two birthdays. One is Damian Marks. He is a fellow player in my improv troupe. Very, very funny. 
And son of Karl Marx, I believe. No, no, he's not not son of Karl Marx. Are you not sure? even. I'm positive. Yes, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Let's get a DNA test. Okay, we'll we'll get to that at some point. Okay. Also on the sixth is the birthday of Ginny Sarasvati. She is the host of the Ginny Show, which is a fantastic podcast. I recommend you check that out. Two birthdays on the ninth. One is Mikey Gaddis, who actually wrote the very first original theme song for the Gravity Beard podcast. No kidding. Also on the ninth is the birthday of Jeez. Ah, Jeez. Yay. Well, sweetheart. On the 10th is the birthday of Scott Espenson. Oh, nice. Two, two birthdays on the 12th. One is Brian Planis. The other is Chris Sakopoulos, one of my former college roommates. Wow. On the 15th is the birthday of Gerald Morris. He is the co-host, along with his friend Andy, of Two Peas on a Pod. Very, very good show. Brother of Philip Morris, right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. On cool. the 18th is the birthday of Lucy Foles, also a member of my improv troupe. Very funny. On the 23rd is the birthday of Dan Nicholson. Adam, on the 24th, is the second birthday of my delightful daughter, the human ray of sunshine, our emotional support toddler, my daughter, Ellie. Emotional support, indeed. She is so fantastic. <laughs> I, lo- I love her very, very much. Happy birthday, daughter. I love how much you love her. On the 25th is the birthday of a, four of a high school friend of mine, Clint McReynolds. And we're going to bookend the month. We started it off with my mother-in-law. On the 29th is the birthday of my father-in-law, Cliff Knowles. Man, November is jam-packed with birthdays. It really is. Some really good ones. Yeah. Yeah, classic birthdays, man. But not your birthday. No. No, no, no. Which would have made it a great month. Yeah, it would have made it even better, but apparently it's not your birthday. Yeah. All right, Adam, how about we move on to some polls? I love polls. Tyler, your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first one comes from our friend Sam Culper. And he wanted to know, do we use a fork or a spoon? Now, he accidentally allowed people to add options, so it got expanded (laughs) immediately. (laughs) Classic rookie mistake. Yep. He hasn't run a lot of polls, apparently. But in any case, here are the results. (laughs) 42% voted for fork. Among those was you. Yeah, for sure. 18% said spoon. 12% said chopsticks. 9% said spork. 6% 6% said whatever is most clean. I can relate to that. Hmm. 6% said bare hands like a savage. Hal Robbins said cocktail stick. <laughs> and I'm going to give you one guess as to who answered. I have no use for plebeian utensils. A scantily clad servant will feed me. Definitely Jim Ware. No. <laughs> no, that was, the, that was the solo response from our friend Luke. I was going to say, is Luke or Luke or Jim? But a scantily clad option, I was like, definitely Jim. Yeah, I could see how that would throw you off. But I think the phrase plebeian utensils would, could only come from Luke. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Our next poll is from Elimination Poll, but it's not an Elimination Poll. It's just a standard poll. Hmm. I, I imagine it could only take him great restraint to just issue a standard poll. A standard poll? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he just simply wanted to know, what are your thoughts on Napoleon Dynamite? You were on the majority side of this, Adam. You responded along with 67% with loved it. Because it's such a lovable movie. It is. It's a great movie. 22% uh, responded hate it. And 11% has never seen it. My sweet wife would be in the hate it category. 
Oh wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, she, you know, I, I, I tolerate her in spite of that. <laughs> I think you've made the right choice. I think you guys should stick together in spite of the fact that she doesn't like the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it makes things tough sometimes, but we're getting through it. I understand. I get it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I also voted love it. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I understand your struggle. Side. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Our next poll came from Hannah Oshier. She wanted to know, how do you brush your teeth? And let me just give you the four options before I give you the breakdown of the responses. Right. So there was water plus toothpaste. There was water plus toothpaste plus water. There was toothpaste plus water. Toothpaste plus water. That's hard to say, actually. And then finally, there was just toothpaste. Okay. I didn't make a note of how you responded. Do you remember? I don't think the option that I had was there because I, I just go toothpaste water. No, that's, that was one of the responses. That's the one that I chose. Yeah. Okay. So the winner was water first and then toothpaste. That was 38% of respondents. That's not a high majority, though. No, it's not. Next was 31%, and that was water plus toothpaste plus a little bit more water. That's where I fell. Okay. Your response was tied. That also got 31%, and that was toothpaste plus water. Man, our group is almost evenly split on this. Yeah. And then nobody voted just toothpaste. No, there are no savages in the group. That's surprising, actually, because there always seems to be at least one outlier. Yeah, it, it, usually there is. But for whatever reason, no one just puts toothpaste on a dry toothbrush and then brushes their teeth. <laughs> that would be so hilarious. Like, oh, you know, it's <laughs> like this terrible savage move, you know. Right? Like, who would do that? <laughs> we might have to ask them to leave the group. Yeah, that's grounds for you know dismissal. Okay, so our last poll, Adam, was a poll that I issued. Oh. And, and this was a choice between Moana and Frozen. And these are two of the most successful, most popular animated films of the last few years. And I'm kind of right in the thick of this because my kids are of an age that I think all parents can relate to where your children watch the same movies over and over and over again. That's correct. That's correct. Both of those movies have been played in my household countless number of times. And so I wanted I wanted to take that to the group and ask them, which one of these movies did you like better? It was overwhelming. 85% liked Moana over Frozen. Yeah, that seems like probably the, the right call. All right, Adam. Well, before we move on to facility upgrades... I want to turn it over to you for something very special. I'm glad you did. And I appreciate you throwing this over to me. And, you know, sometimes when the the corporate rigmarole gets caught up, sometimes the promotions get delayed. It's been a while since we've had a promotion. Yep. And we've got a few in the queue, actually. But I really wanted to kick this off with my buddy and yours, Saul Grimberg. Absolutely. So let it be written. So let it be done. Saul, you are now promoted to more seasoned intern. And this is going to come on the heels of his title, his new title in the group. He is a diver and, you know, more shark experts. So now uh, Saul is officially taking on the role of shark turn. Yes. Which is pretty amazing. <laughs> well, and 
not that now that we don't have other interns that probably spend some time in the water, but no one spends anywhere close to as much time, specifically in the company of sharks, as Saul does. That is correct. So as the resident shark ambassador, uh, he also mentioned in the group, uh, in, the, in a thread recently, he said, I'd like to officially volunteer my services as official spokesperson, advocate, research ambassador of science for the GBI shark population of shark terms. Shark turns. So obviously he's approved and we are glad to have him on the team. And I want to go over really quickly two more of his accolades. So Saul was there, obviously, as you know, to drive me, to help drive our caravan from Miami to Austin. So he was there for that. And then surprise to me, one month after being here, he flew on a surprise trip just to hang out with us for the weekend. And he knew that we had family plans that like we were going to go watch kids sports. I mean, it was kind of a weekend that we had stuff going on. He did not care. He came and was welcomed with open arms and all and, and so actually I had the video. He took video of him surprising me and I totally blew that reaction too because <laughs> I was wondering why somebody was hugging me around the neck. However, he did it. He was here. So long overdue. Saul, welcome to your new position as Shark Turn, Ambassador to Sharks, and congratulations on your promotion to more seasoned intern. Congratulations, Saul. Much deserved. Absolutely. Wonderful done. That's how you say those words. Wonderful done. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful done. I agree. It was wonderful done. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our facility upgrades, Adam. Yes. I love these. The first one is brought to us by Kerry Dykes. And this is the inflatable pub. And I think you're really going to like this, Adam. Uh-huh. Way ahead, everybody. It's an Irish-style inflatable pop-up bar called the Paddy Wagon Pub and has a capacity of up to 80 people. And I think this is going to be perfect for the overflow for the GBI uh, holiday parties we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. The best news is it comes with everything, including the alcohol. And after the holidays, we could take it down and store it until we need it again. Yeah, I don't think that this is like a holiday-specific thing. We can keep this up year-round. Yeah, I, I think anytime we have an event where we've got some overflow... Either, either out of the Overlord Lair or the Great Hall. We, we have big, big events on campus. That's true. And so occasionally, we're going to pull this out and, and, and inflate it and make it happen. Yeah, agreed. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I've actually been researching these for a few years, legitimately. Uh-huh. And if I didn't move out of Miami this year, like I was going to have the inflatable pl- pub delivered to my house. And I was going to throw a party inside the pub um, this for my, for my next birthday. <laughs> <laughs> whenever that is uh, yeah yep but i moved so that's the real reason we'll never find out when your birthday is <laughs> yeah it sucks you know we were gonna <laughs> i had plans and everything you know it was it was great we're you know right around that time of year that it's my birthday i was gonna have the pub delivered yeah yeah well too bad all right well the next item is from keith this is gonna go really well uh, with the inflatable pub and, and just in time for the holiday season it is a vintage music system. And what this is, is an arcade game-sized stereo with AM, FM radio, turntable, 8-track, and built-in disco ball. Dude, that's so great. It's an all-in-one complete system. Yeah. And if that's not enough, our third facility upgrade is also something that's going to help us at the holidays. Uh, also from Keith, and that is the electric chainsaw carving knife. Yes. And this is for turkey carving and, uh, and carving up other large game. It has the look and feel of an actual chainsaw. Uh, it's a new way to tackle the turkey carving challenge, and it's not expensive, actually, Adam. It's only 
Yeah, and that's totally. I'm I'm the sucker that would buy that. I'm 100 the guy who would who would buy the turkey chainsaw. You don't have to now. We have one on on site. That's true. Yeah, I just borrow the company one. That's true. Yep. So it's called the Mighty Carver, and get yours today. I wonder if that comes with like a, like a companion axe or hatchet. Of course it does. Because you gotta. It, it, okay, so it does, right? Because I, I figured. Well, you gotta you gotta have the hatchet to hold the turkey in place while you chainsaw the other turkey. It's a two-man two job. Okay. Yep, sure is. Sweet. All right, Adam, I'm here now to tell you about our next team building activity. Yes, love these. And while we've had many interns suggest them, this one came from me. Oh, good. You promote your own stuff. Great. Yep. And it's similar to dodgeball, but has some other exciting elements. And it's called competitive pillow fighting. Yes. Yes. This is great. So what we're going to do is we're going to form teams of nine people each. It will be a last man standing tournament style competition. And we don't have to travel for this. What I'm asking everyone to do is just put on your team onesie and head down to the gym at our on-campus uh, state-of-the-art athletic complex. And we'll get this thing started. Yeah. Now, I think that we 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 tried this once before. But I think we're in a good spot now because we have regulation regulations on pillows. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now that we have that worked out, it's going to be a great season, I think. Well, we also didn't have matching team onesies. So it was a little confusing on, you know, as to who was on which team, but we've got all that straightened out and I think we're going to have a great tournament. Yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait. Dude. I love I love pillow fights. Yeah, so may the odds be ever in your favor. Ooh, nice. And I and at some point, we don't have time for it today. I do have a great anecdote of my father taking on single-handedly an entire uh, cabin of campers and winning a pillow fight. Wow. Okay. Well, the other thing I was going to end this with is by saying, may the best me win. (laughs) Nice. Me, baby. Me. Adam, I think this is a perfect time for us to head down to the intern library. Oh, I love the library. It's always so relaxing. And this is where we will run into our intern librarian, Keith. And as we've discussed at the top of the show, the holidays are approaching it is a time for preparing and eating delicious food, so I think it's appropriate to highlight some selections from the cooking section of the library. Yes. And not surprisingly, our book of the week comes from our top contributor, Tiff. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy she's doing well. The title of this selection is Singers and Swingers in the Kitchen by Roberta Ashley. It is the Scene Maker's Cookbook. It is filled with dozens of nutty, turned-on, easy-to-prepare recipes from the grooviest gourmets. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great book, man. <laughs> yeah. And I believe you've already checked this one out. This is one selection that you got to first because, uh-huh. you're, because you do avoid, uh, enjoy the holidays and food preparation. I got a random tip. A random tip. And so I went down there immediately. Yeah, good for you. All right, here's some other selections to look out for. The first one is from the Thames Television Series, TV Times and Corgi Publications brings you Cooking Price-Wise with Vincent Price. (laughs) Perfect. Keith brings our next one, Arsenic and Old Cake by Jacqueline Brady, a piece of cake mystery that includes delicious recipes. (laughs) See, some people like aspic. I like arsenic. (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm an arsenic well, man. Well, th- this this is two things. It's a great mystery novel, and it has great recipes. Yeah, double threat. And Paige Shelton, national best-selling author of If Mashed Potatoes Could Dance, describes it as a decadent new series with a big, easy attitude. <laughs> 
So it's from New Orleans. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and as you go about your holiday travel, you might enjoy this recommendation from Keith. The Mile High Escapades of the Stewardess with the Mustache by Justin Taylor. See, that book was way ahead of its time. Very progressive. Oh, boy, was it. Yeah. Boy, was it. Yeah, banned for so long. <laughs> but finally seeing the light of day in the GBI library. That's right. What better place to debut? And thank you, Keith, for bringing it to us. Totally. All right. And as always, look out for Luke and the Bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon. Yeah, he's been... Actually, you know what? He's been missing the last couple of times, so we need to get him back on his route. Yeah, back into circulation. Yep. Adam, let's discuss science. I love science. And welcoming the newest member of the Shark Turn to the Science Committee of Sciencing. That's right. Welcome, Saul. Yeah. All right. Adam, this is a story we've followed for some time now. And anytime there's an update on this topic, we bring it to everyone as soon as possible. And so the latest information was brought to us by Keith. And here it is. It's official. Uranus smells like farts, Adam. Yeah. Yep, that's no secret, buddy. So here are the details. Poor Uranus. After years of being the butt of many schoolyard jokes, (laughs) the planet's odor lives up to the unfortunate name. According to a new study by researchers at the University of Oxford and other institutions published in the journal Natural Astronomy, the upper layer of Uranus's atmosphere consists largely of hydrogen sulfide the same compound that gives farts their putrid stench. Hmm. You know, I had a teacher in elementary school, and she's like, she refused to call it Uranus. What did she call it? So she's like, I, I'm not going to say that you guys are too immature for these jokes. I'm going to call it Uranus. And I remember thinking, like, that's not better. <laughs> no, because that sounds like urine. Exactly. So it's lose lose, and she but she doubled down. So in your face, Miss Campbell. Love that you just called out your science teacher this many years later. Clutch move by you. I hold on to nothing but grudges. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm assuming she listens to our show, so she's going to get the message. I think it's time she found out how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Good for you. Thank you. Adam, let's move on to food. Oh, man, I feel like the, this whole episode is making me hungry with arsenic recipes, swinging singers, I mean, all kinds of stuff. That's right. And I'm excited to bring you this next thing. It comes to us from Chris DeVos. Amazon is selling brownie pans that bakes nothing but corner pieces. Okay, I have wanted this pan for years. Years I've wanted this pan. Is that right? Uh-huh. Well, I'd never heard of this phenomena, but Keith and Leslie both commented in the thread that these have been around for years. I did not know that. Casey's wife bought one, but ironically, he actually prefers the middle pieces. Oh, come on. It's always somebody. I know, but you think about it, that's the perfect relationship, right? That's a marriage that will stay together forever because she likes the corner pieces, he likes the middle. But that means that she can never use her pan if he's home. (laughs) (laughs) Well. See? 
<laughs> so what See, you're saying is I'm saying they're going to be together forever You're saying they're doomed I think they're on the rocks You know, if you've got like a pan designed specifically for one That the other person's not going to eat <laughs> Did she buy it for herself as a subtle sign? You know? <laughs> or did he buy it for her Saying he doesn't want to eat her brownies? We don't know We don't know Well, uh, Casey, I'm sorry that this is how you found out <laughs> Oh man, I think actually Liz likes the middle too yeah yeah well sometimes that's a like i said that's what keeps things together yeah keeps things spicy all right adam how about we head out and do some traveling that's my favorite topic i've just come off a humongous trip i know you have well hopefully and you know that this is another thing that marks the holidays is holiday travel hopefully Mm -hmm. you won't encounter this guy on your holiday travels 26-year-old Darren Evans reportedly arrived at the gate for a flight bound for Portland, Oregon, when he suddenly stripped off his clothes and ran stark naked down the jet, the jet bridge, yelling, I'm naked because it makes me more aerodynamic. <laughs> He's not wrong. No. I, that was my exact response. <laughs> Authorities caught up to him and arrested him before he could take a seat. Thank goodness. Uh, this was n- not the first uh, such incident involving the man. Evans was also arrested in May of 2016 for running naked across the tarmac at Houston's Hobby Airport. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a thing for, like, you know, aeronautical shrieking. (laughs) Yeah, apparently he does. (laughs) I got got very tickled when I came across this story. Not surprisingly, uh, Adam, Evans was heavily intoxicated during both incidences. Oh, really? You don't say? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Oh, well. I do, who, and I did. thunk it? Yeah. Adam, it's time for us to hit the sports page. Ah, oh, perfect. I like this sports jingle, too. <laughs> I do as well. Another bed that we don't have to hum. No, because it's provided for us. That's right. I think you're really going to like this story. I certainly did. San Diego Padres pitcher Jacob Nix was arrested in Arizona after allegedly trying to break into a home in the middle of the night through a dog doggy door. <laughs> you're going to enjoy these details. The homeowner found Nix, 23 years old, entering his house through the doggy door and kicked him in the face. <laughs> That's what you get. Hopefully you didn't miss that he's a major league pitcher who pitches for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, but you know, though, he's a major league pitcher and is also still 23 years old doing dumb Yep, yep. In any case, when another man tried to pull Nick's back through the doggy door, the homeowner fired a taser that hit Nick's in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems kind of like, you know, excessive at this point. Uh, I mean, does it? He's stuck in the doggy door. What's Tazy going to do? <laughs> Police were called and later tracked down Nick's and the other man, Thomas Cosgrove, also a Padres pitcher, a few blocks away. Here's the strange thing. No explanation was given by Nick's or Cosgrove for why they were attempting to break into the home. <laughs> and then I always like it how, how they, they end stories like this, no matter what they're about, with this type of information. Nix made his major league debut in 2018, posting a 2-5 and five record. He missed most of the 2019 season after tearing a ligament in his elbow in spring training. The San Diego Padres did not f- uh, fare well this past season. They finished 12 games under 500, which earned, th- earned them last place in the NL West. 
<laughs> Looks like they've got a squad of real winners over there. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> funny that they go through the details of this bizarre story and then just go ahead and give you some stats on the guy. <laughs> yeah, and the team. <laughs> yeah. Because this is relevant. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? The guy got stuck in the doggy door and they had a crap team in season. So what are they going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, I, I don't think that was relevant, but I enjoyed it anyways. It totally. Adam, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional sponsors? Yes. More Platinum Level content right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Wall Rudd Celebrity Experience. Wait, like Paul Rudd? No, even better. It's Wall Rudd, your favorite funny guy and Avenger. Who? Wall Rudd, the biggest name in film, will attend your parties, corporate events, birthdays, weddings, funerals, and more. <laughs> but that's just a walrus in an Ant-Man mask. It doesn't even have a full costume. Wall Rudd will put on a heck of a show. He does stand-up, photo shoots, toasts, DJing, and MCing. Can you say well-rounded? Why would anyone pay for this? Book your Wall Rudd celebrity experience for only $1,200 per hour, and we'll throw in a free viewing of a bootleg copy of Clueless and Ant-Man 1 and 2. No thanks. Call 1-888-WALL-RUDD. That's 1-888-WALL-RUDD. And book today for the Wall Rudd celebrity experience. Wall Rudd. It's the real deal. Well, I know who I'm hiring for my next major event. Of course, Walrud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because not only do you get the appearances, but you also get the bootleg copies of those movies. And I think that's the <clears throat> that's the underrated part, is the bootleg copies. Right. I, I mean, the appearance is great, because he's famous. Right. But then you get, a, you get a gift to take away. Yeah, I, I mean, then who doesn't want a prize bag, you know? Everyone wants a prize bag. Totally. That's why you go, mostly. <laughs> Alright, well, for more information about Walrud, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Oh, nice. Adam, I think it's a great time to step into the wild. The wild, wild west? Wiki, wiki, wild? Wiki, wild, wild west? Jim West? Uh, uh, close, close. Uh, this is actually a segment where we usually discuss a story from the animal kingdom. Right, right. Varmints, award-winning. Yeah, if you're into animals, you should check out Varmints. It's a fantastic award-winning podcast from the Blazing Caribou Studios and hosted by our very own Elimination Paul and Donna Hume. Yep. Our story today, Adam, comes to us from J.L. Tros, and he is the co-host of Podcast 42 with Chris DeVos over on the Podfix Network. Excellent. By the way, do you know what JL stands for? John Long. Close. It stands for John Lennon. Oh, what a cool name. He is named after John Lennon, the Beatle. That's dope. I wonder if he loves or hates that. I, I mean, I think, he, I think he likes it. I mean, I, I haven't heard from him about it. You know, JL, let us know. Do you like or uh, not like being named after... A music legend, but I think I think it's very cool. But anyway, yeah, I was almost Adam Ringo Starr Saunders, but oh, you know, okay. 
they didn't there have you a go. form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was actually uh, Chris Pete Best Green. Oh, nice. I went and shortened it to William. Right. Yeah. My buddy who was, um, you know, Paul Michael Jackson Jones, you know, he has an unfortunate end to his name, but that didn't turn out well. That's a yeah, bummer. Did, didn't age well, as it were. Yeah. Oof. You're not kidding. <laughs> Any case. <laughs> In any case, back to our story. Alvin McAllister, aged 72, was found on a small rocky islet 200 miles off the nearest coastline where he was shipwrecked two weeks ago. Doctors say he is still under medical attention and suffering from extreme hydration. McAllister told his brother that he survived with the help of mermaids who fed him, but also allegedly took advantage of him sexually. Well, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah. Huh. That's what mermaids do. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> well, he described in graphic detail how he was forced to perform rural wrecks on fish-like genitals of these aquatic creatures. Well, yeah. This is in line with what I expect. Oh, okay. See, I was very surprised to hear the story like this. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. You mean you didn't have a similar experience? No, well, one, I've never been shipwrecked on a small island. Um, hmm. And no, I've, I've never been sexually assaulted by mermaids. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're probably, yeah, me neither. So it goes on, it says, although Mr. McAllister does present abnormal injuries and inflammation to the genital and anal area, <laughs> it is highly unlikely that he was sexually exploited or sodomized by living sea creatures. And these are possibly self-inflicted, explained one medical expert. Now, it is worth noting that McAllister is suffering from intense hallucinations, possibly caused by dehydration and the toxins of unidentified muscles he consumed for survival. Hmm. I think that feels like a cynical doctor, you know? <laughs> that, don't, that doesn't believe his account? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, although McAllister's mental state is presently unstable, doctors do believe he should heal completely in the weeks to come. Yeah, I, I I anticipate full recovery. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is just like standard stuff. You know, I know that it's oh you good. Know, this is you know, it's not some fake news story. I found all those details very concerning, but you seem not concerned at all. I'm just not surprised. You know, what I mean, I'm sorry that he got shipwrecked, but you know, I mean, yeah, when you meet a mermaid, this is what this is what can happen. Well, c- consider me informed because I did not know that <laughs> going into this. I got yeah, I got to hey, be totally honest with you. And this is when you cue that, the more you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to this, Adam. This is something that was brought to us from our good friend, Casey Jones. Oh, the cheese bandit. The same. And he revealed a little gift to us. He told us that, and I don't know how often he does this, but he listens to our show at half speed. I would do the same thing to prolong the enjoyment. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> but have have you ever done this? Have you ever listened to our show on half speed? Uh, not our show. I haven't either. But I did when 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 I saw him post about this, and I'm gonna I wanted to bring this to the show because it is fan freaking tastic. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, if if he hasn't given us enough already with all his cheese banditry. I feel like this is the, I mean, he's just the guy that continues to, you know, give gifts and be benevolent to us. Yeah. Only one of the most popular threads in the history of the group is the cheese bandit thread. 
his diligence and like thoroughness is amazing. <laughs> yeah, his de- his dedication is almost unmatched. If if not for having many other people in the group that are dedicated to their own craft, but he still stands out considerably. Oh yeah, and he's got a niche in the cheese market. <laughs> a niche in the cheese market. <laughs> the cheese banditry market. You'll see, he has it cornered, if you will. <laughs> All right, well, let me bring you this. I'm just going to play a little bit from our last staff meeting. I want to start off with just the top of the show. I'm just going to play the beginning of the show in half speed. Perfect. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Okay, ready. And three, two, one. Wow, it actually does work. I didn't think Chris could do it. (laughs) I love this version of our theme song. Dude, it's so metal. Just a drug haze. <laughs> Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? <laughs> now more order. than ever before, Chris. I thought you might say that. <laughs> hey, guess what? What's up, bro? <laughs> We're in the same place together again. Once again, buddy. <laughs> That's a fist bump, bump, folks. (laughs) Dude, you're my favorite part about that. (laughs) I'm ready to call this meeting to order. (laughs) (laughs) And then the slow slow psychedelic version of our theme song. It's kind of like Eeyore is drunk trying to say all this stuff. I've never listened to podcasts at anything but normal speed, but but here, let me treat you to this real quickly. Here's our podcast at not half speed, but one and a half speed. Hmm. I just mean in his, in his physical appearance, because he's like a dead ringer from alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I also mean he can also deliver, and he's going to deliver. Yeah. He's about to deliver. The mailman. Is that the, the right Malone? They, they've got, Carl Malone. Yeah, yeah, I think he's Carl Malone Malone's, is the mailman. Yeah. Who but, but see, that's, that's what's so great about Harland, and I did, this, I did this on purpose, because he's a combination of two of the greatest NBA players of all time, Carl Malone and Moses Malone. That's true. So that's pretty good, too. <laughs> I just love how he became the Malones. <laughs> yeah, that was the explanation of how <laughs> he became the Malones. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, uh, Casey Jones, thank you very, very much for pointing us in that direction. That was very much fun. Yeah, nicely done. The gift that keeps I like it giving. that basically my intro of Harland was very much me if I was like super drunk at the end of a party and just walking around the room telling people how much I love them. Yeah, your 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 half speed voice was like very was like you said very labored and very slurred, and <laughs> always ended like on a down. You know, like and this right. is him. You know, <laughs> yeah. But I was just so loving. Can't you just see me in a in a room just telling everybody how much I love them? Yeah, in the words of Hanson, "Where's the love? I'm getting up." It makes the world go round and round. That's you, buddy. It totally was. All right. Well, let's move on to this. This quickly became one of our favorite segments. Let's hear again from Florida Man. Yes. Hey, 
y'all. This is Florida Man. This is how I talk. Hey, buddy. I'm calling from the hospital, but hey, don't worry too much. I'm all right. Although my trailer isn't, because, well, I burned it down. Yeah. So here's the story. <laughs> I was a little thirsty, so I drank, I don't know, one... Oh, okay, well, maybe two liters of vodka. Oh, dear. And was always and was getting a little hungry and buzzed like I usually do. When you get one, you usually get the other. Sure. I do. So I try to make some cookies. Hey, but did you know that you can't make cookies on a George Foreman grill? <laughs> I mean, I used to watch all them infomercials all the time, and I thought you could cook anything on those things. I did, too. Me, too. Anyway, so the cookies... And then the grill caught on fire. Oh. So I did the most logical thing. I took off all my clothes and threw them on the fire to smother it. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, them caught on fire, too. <laughs> so I was naked, and I tried to hide in my room when I heard the firefighters, because, well, I figured I did something wrong and something illegal, and I didn't want to go to jail again. I just ain't ready yet. <laughs> But after I woke up in the hospital because I passed out from smoke inhalation, <laughs> I found out it ain't against the law to accidentally catch a grill on fire. Come to think of it, I never did get any cookies. Oh. I got to go, Gravity Beard. I'm going to get some of them Toll House cookies from the vending machine. Dunskis, smell you later. Board a man out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was an honest mistake. Yeah, I mean... Of all the things that he's called in and told us about, I feel like that falls in the category of that could happen to anyone. It could happen to anyone, and it's a safer option than trying to wake up with sizzling hot bacon and getting your foot stuck in the George Foreman grill. <laughs> right? You I know? agree. Well, man, Adam, send him some cookies. Send Florida Man some cookies, please. Florida Man, coming right up, buddy. Yeah, send it. you know where to send them. Send them to Florida. Yeah, you send them to Florida and he'll get them. No problem. Well... Uh, man, all, all the best to you, Florida man. Thank you for calling in, and, and we hope to hear from you again soon. Most definitely. It's a cherished part of our show. It definitely is. I agree. And Adam, if you remember, at our last meeting, we announced that Florida man was creating his own podcast. Yeah, how's that going? Well, I have an update. Yes. That podcast has launched. Yes, Queen. It's called The Florida Man Show, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And... It's also available on the Podfix network. Podfix like a mother. Are you serious? Yes. Nice. Yes. I don't know how Florida Man talked the network into putting a show on there, but it's on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a much, much more lengthy onboarding process and recruitment strategy, but hey, he's got a will and a way. You have to admit, Adam, I mean, he has a certain charisma. Well, a certain charisma? He has the charisma. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of a lovable... He's just a lovable idiot, Florida man. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lovable gentleman. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I said that wrong. <laughs> so anyways, uh, good luck with your podcast, Florida man. Uh, much success, and I, I guess welcome to the Podfix Network? Yeah, welcome, dude. I mean, once you're in, you're in. Why don't you sing Billy Joel together? That's it. <laughs> Adam, how about we move on to entertainment? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. And today, instead of covering different stories, Adam, we're going to discuss the topic of remakes and reboots. 
So at a previous staff meeting, we mentioned the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Then there were the announcements about Coming to America and The Princess Bride and others. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Each one a worse crime than the one before. Agreed. More recently, there was announcements about the intentions or at least ambitions of a twins film with Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall for this, Adam. It does not. <laughs> there was uh, rumors of The Little Shop of Horror starring Lady Gaga. Ugh. Then there was The Three Amigos starring Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Robert Downey Jr. Basically, Adam, the floodgates are open. It's not going to stop anytime soon. What are your general feelings about remakes? Uh, you know, I, I find that if you look at a lot of the cast you mentioned, or all the, a lot of the actors you mentioned, and I'll be brief, like it's, it's a lot of really good actors, you know, but it, it's just like you're making, you don't need to do this. Like, that, let, let that be what it was. Let the piece be what it was. It's just everyone gets a turn at a certain classic movie, and like, why can't the movie just be classic the way it was? You know, like, why don't you refresh the movie, like, redo the colors, remaster the audio, do something, re release it. Right. You know, do something that way that you could, you know, spice it up. But, like, let that be the case. That's my overall thought, but there are exceptions. Well, my opinion on this is well documented. I've been very vocal about this. I am strongly against reboots and remakes. Why is that? I just think it's, it's, a lazy money grab by everybody involved. I totally agree. Because in my opinion, you're right. These are good actors and actresses and very talented and very creative. And don't go remake some previous magic. Go create your own magic. Go collaborate with another creative person, talented person, go into a room, spend some weeks or months or whatever, and come up with with your own magic. Yeah. I mean, I get that there's a plague right now or there's a real block in writing new story. You're There's plenty new of stories. new stories. I, I, I refuse to believe that all the good ideas have already are already been revealed. I, I think there's plenty more out there. So, yeah, I'm with you. In any case, Chris Osborne of Play Comics Podcast, he even posted this question, very much aimed at me and very much meant to troll me. It was, <laughs> what movies do you think would get the strongest positive or negative reaction from Chris if he saw it was being remade? <laughs> and he, he goes on and says don't tell us if you think it's positive or negative I mostly just want to watch Chris freak out <laughs> <laughs> and as you would expect this thread got a ton of comments I'm going to limit my comments just to the ones that caused me to react the strongest oh perfect and there's three that stood out oh. the first very strong contender was suggested by Brad Cranford of my former college roommate fame right. he suggested that Andrew Dice Clay star in a remake of Animal House Oh man! Right? Wow! <laughs> the in, the insufferable misogynist '80s character of Andrew Dice Clay in a remake <laughs> of Animal House. <laughs> then he suggested a remake of Blues Brothers, starring Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet. Oh, see that? Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite comedies of all time, The Blues Brothers. Can you imagine? Yeah. And again, like you said. Nothing wrong with Emma Thompson or Kate Winslet. I love both of them, actually. Yeah. I've enjoyed them in multiple films. But if they ever showed up in a remake of the Blues Brothers, that would enrage me. Right. So those are awful, but not nearly as bad as the winner, in my opinion, which was suggested by Mike Cohen. And that is a Godfather remake with Roseanne as the Godfather. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, and and you know, listen, I, I don't know what your opinion is on Roseanne. You might have thought her show was great and she's really funny. I find her absolutely repellent. Um, I thought she was funny when I got older. Like I, I understood the jokes that she was making, and I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. But you know, the thing, the whole thing in general, is like you're not adding anything. Like if you if somebody were to dare touch the throne of Princess Bride, right? Like f- you, dude. It's in discussion, Adam. <laughs> I thought it wasn't. I thought it got like shut down. The internet like responded and took it down. I thought if that was an update, I'm glad to hear it. I, did, I must have missed that. Is that true? Well, I, I thought it. <clears throat> I thought it got squashed because everybody had such a strong reaction and such a, a strong aversion to it. Yeah, if, if that's the case, I haven't heard that. I hope that that's true. And wasn't it Carrie? I don't know how to say his last name. Carrie Elvis or L. You know, yeah. the, uh-huh. the, you know, he was like. He posted a picture of him in the bed in Princess Bride. He's saying, there's a, there's a shortage of perfect movies in the world. It would be a shame to ruin this one. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he was like, you know, definitely against it. Well, we'll finish with this. Luke suggested a remake of Cannonball Run. And that was a fan fantastic movie. A really, really good movie. And of course, it was the inspiration of the GBI run that Keith hosted. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, Adam, that was a really fun movie event with the the most popular entertainers of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you could repeat. If you could successfully go get the most popular entertainers of today, do the whole thing. I think that would actually be a really fun remake with contemporary talent. I think I think that could be done. I don't think it'd make anybody angry. Right. If it was written well and it was funny and well executed, I wouldn't object to that at all if it was executed properly. Yeah, and it could be. We've got enough direction talent too. For sure. Yeah, see there's always an exception. And that's exactly what I was just gonna say, is that Luke somehow well not somehow, he's he's comes up with things like this a lot, but uh, <laughs> he was able to stumble across the one that I don't object to at all. That would be the exception to the rule. Yeah, I'd have to think about which one I would I would consider a reboot and not get upset about. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. All right, Adam. Let's wrap up by talking about the next round of candidates for our three-room apartments. Oh, man. This gets harder every week. I agree. So at our last meeting, Rudger Howard kicked off our 12th apartment, and then he was joined by Ross Perot. Stuart the dog was also invited via the intern's choice poll to roam the grounds uh, at our apartment complex with Grumpy Cat. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss our first candidate for the last room in our 12th apartment. This person was brought to us by Jim Weir and Chris DeVos, and I think I think Chris DeVos might have just edged Jim out to get there first with this announcement. But Peter Fonda, the son of Henry Fonda and the younger brother of Jane Fonda, has died after respiratory failure from lung cancer. He was 79. Adam, how much do you know about Peter Fonda? Not a ton. Okay, well, let me just tell you what I know from this article that I that I looked up and read. <laughs> he was best known for his starring role in Wyatt as Wyatt in 1969's Easy Rider, which made him a cultural icon. Fonda co-wrote and produced the film, which actually I didn't know until I read this. For his work on the project, Peter earned an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Screenplay. That was one of his two nominations for an Academy Award. He re- received many other accolades for his work in film, including four Golden Globe nominations, two of which he won, one Emmy nomination, and earned another Oscar nomination for the film Yuli's Gold. That's a really short summary of, of Peter Fonda, but Adam, 
In your opinion, should Peter Fonda join Rudger Hauer and Ross Perot to finish up our 12th apartment? Well, you know, he's got 116 acting credits. Which is a bunch. That's a bunch. And he has major awards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got um, many nominations. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that while you and I may not have heard of him, the general populace probably has heard of him a lot more. Oh, no, he's a, he's among legends. He's considered a, a Hollywood legend. Yeah. So I feel like that I'd, I'd stick him in there. And he was also the winner of our of our intern's choice poll with 73% of the vote, actually. Oh, wow. So he's a shoe-in then. Yeah, for sure. So congratulations to Peter Fonda. You are among legends. And now you are going to join Rudger Howard and Ross Perot as the final resident in our 12th apartment. Well done, Pete. Yep. All right, let's see if our final two candidates will kick off our 13th apartment. Okay. This next candidate comes from Bob Haynes. Richard Williams, the animator known for his work on Who Framed Roger Rabbit and two Pink Panther films, died recently after his battle with cancer. He was 86. Here's a little bit about him. Williams had won three Oscars, three British Academy of Film and Television uh, Arts Awards, and more than 250 other international awards. 250. I mean, Jesus, leave some for the rest of us. During his more than 50 years in the business, Williams has been one of the true innovators and serves as the link between the golden age of animation by hand and the new computer animation successors. Adam, does Richard Williams deserve to take the first spot in our 13th apartment? I mean, I feel like if you win 250 awards... Including three Oscars? Right. And three British Academy of Film and Television Arts Awards. Right. <laughs> so, And you're in the business for half a century. And his children are Venus and Serena Williams. <laughs> right. Right. So not only did he do all of that in the, in the area of, of illustration and animation, he also trained up two tennis superstars. Yeah, I'm just kidding. There's a difference between the tennis coach and the animator. <laughs> no, there's not. I agree. I was a test and you passed. Um, <laughs> you, you need you need to stick with that bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like this guy is... I mean, Jesus, dude. I mean, I, you know, just, I have a certain uh, a place in my heart for uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit anyway. And I think that when you're that groundbreaking, and you're so groundbreaking, you've won almost 300 awards. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel like you, you've you've well earned your spot. I agree. Congratulations, Richard Williams, and thank you, Bob Haynes, for the nomination. You will kick off our 13th three-room apartment. Nice. And he's the tennis champion coach. Yeah. Congratulations on, on training up two tennis champions. That's amazing. All right. Our last candidate is from Chris DeVos. Former University of Texas star and NFL running back Cedric Benson died Saturday after being involved in a motorcycle crash in Austin, Texas. He was 36. Police said Benson and a woman were on a motorcycle heading down 2222 when a minivan pulled out on Mount Bonnell Road and hit them. Police believe speed and poor visibility were the biggest factors in the crash. 
just hours before the accident, Benson posted a photo of his motorcycle on Instagram uh, on Instagram story with the caption "My Saturday Evening." Here's some background on Benson's playing career. Benson, a four-year starter with the Longhorns, rushed for over a thousand yards in each of his seasons in Austin. He won the Doak Walker Award and earned All-American honors in 2004, finishing as the second-leading rusher in University of Texas history. He was far less successful as a pro after being taken with the fourth overall pick in the 2005 NFL Draft with the Chicago Bears. Benson struggled to make an impact in Chicago. His four-year run with Cincinnati Bengals proved far more effective as he rushed for over 1,000 yards in three seasons with the franchise. He played five games with the Green Bay Packers before a foot injury in 2012 ultimately ended his career. Adam, what is your verdict on Cedric Benson? Uh, unfortunately, I uh, I don't think he gets in. Yeah, I don't think it has to be a long conversation. I think it's really sad what happened. But um, to me, especially maybe it's because we're so familiar with sports, the bar it's high for everyone, but particularly high for athletes. And and Agreed. you know we've we've admitted people like Bart Starr and other legends like that. Um, I don't think we could admit Cedric Benson. No, I mean yeah, no, I don't think we need to be labored. I I I always um, find it very harrowing when somebody posts a picture right before they die. Like that's always very creepy to me. Yeah. You know. Now um, on a personal note. Uh, when Keith was down in Austin, joined us for Gravity Beer Real World, uh, we drove down this road. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my in-laws live off of 2222. So this is a road I am very familiar with. And when they say poor visibility, they are not kidding. It is very mm-hmm. hilly. There's lots of curves and you could easily... It doesn't even have to involve high speeds. If someone mm-hmm. pulls out in front of you and you come around a corner, a curve in the road, you're not going to see them. So... Um, this is just a really... I'm surprised there's not a lot more accidents like this on, on that road. You know, I tell you, the only thing that really has ever kind of tripped me out on the motorcycle was, you know, when you when you hit a series of hills and that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, you know, one false move, somebody drives into your lane and, and that's it, you know. So, this yeah. is a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, All right. Well, we have just one more thing that I'd like to do before we wrap up our meeting today, Adam. Nice segue. And like you said, as you said at the top of the meeting... You've done a lot of traveling lately. Yes, sir. And as you've documented before, frequent travel brings lots of mild inconveniences. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you were nice enough to leave us a message chronicling some of those inconveniences. It's what I do, man. What's up? Lord Saunders. This is how I talk. It's been a while since I've done a check-in from the road. Um, and I'm just going to chronicle my last trip to Denver, which just ended. Uh, well, actually, it's still in progress. And here's a quick rundown. On the way to, from Austin to Dallas for my layover, my flight was late, 20 minutes in arrival. That caused a 13-hour travel delay, which sucked. Then it was 12 degrees in Denver and snowing, which was beautiful, but I don't have clothes for any type of cold weather. So... I had a 20-year-old jacket that I had dusted off that I thankfully brought with me, um, but it did not go with my suit, and that was not a problem. Because of the snow, as I just mentioned, on the way out of Denver four days later, um, all my flights were either delayed or canceled, so I finally got one home. And, I mean, while I did get a flight home because of my status, and a, a ton of other people didn't make it, I mean, I did get on the flight, 
but they did not honor my upgrade. So I had to sit back in regular people's area. Um, now I did get to, to my final leg in, in Dallas, my layover, and now I got to go to Austin, and they delayed my flight 25 minutes. I did get my upgrade, but it is delayed. So, you know, you can see how the trip has gone overall. So, uh, this is Adam, Lower Saunders, Dunphy. That seems about par for the course. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I just got back from Boston, Atlanta, Miami, and Philly. Oh, is that all? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And also Phoenix. Um, but, you know, that, that and that trip had its own challenges. But sure. You know, I mean, but can you imagine that, dude? I got, like, my flight was delayed 20 minutes and it set me on a path for a 12 hour trip. And then wow. uh, I was like, and then like I didn't get my any of my upgrades. I mean, <laughs> why travel if you're not going to get upgraded? I had to sit back, you know, behind first class, which is dumb. I'm so sorry that you've had to suffer in these ways. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand, you know, how rough it is back there. But mostly, thank you for suffering for the sake of our show. It's what I do, man. It's what I do. It really is. <laughs> All right. Well, I think reveling in your suffering is a great way to wrap up the show. Yeah, uh, me too. And unfortunately, that message with said sufferings is the last of our ado, Adam. Ugh, dude, we need to get more ado. I don't think you understand this. We'll be back uh, at the end of next month to celebrate Christmas, which is an episode that you where you will take the helm and usher us through the Christmas season. It's what I do, man, to further the, you know, it's, it's an episode for those Christmas enthusiasts and Christmas haters alike. <laughs> And I can't wait for, speaking for myself, I can't wait to be a part of that, those festivities. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. And, and I understand you've, you teased, teased me uh, and I'll, I'll bring this tease to the audience. There's going to be a return of the Christmas quiz. The Christmas quiz, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the Christmas quiz. <laughs> it's, it's becoming an annual holiday tradition here at Gravity Beard. And I can't wait to I can't wait for the Christmas quiz. I'm gonna kill it. This year I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna get every question. I can't wait. Dude, it's gonna be great. And I've I've set it up so it has easy, medium, and more challenging questions. No, they're they're all easy to me, Adam. I'm gonna kill the Christmas quiz this year. That's the f-ing spirit, man. That's it. <laughs> all right, great. Excellent. All right. Well, let me finish up with some brief cre- credits before we go. The content of these meetings is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have very serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. Call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.wordpress.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy tune is called Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner and can be found on the YouTube audio library. Additional music in this episode is by Kevin McLeod. Promotional consideration in the episode comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team at We're With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Tove. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.
podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. And stop.